This is Rob Scott, and you're experiencing Fundamental Shift from BackToBreath.com. It's so funny every time. <clears throat> excuse me. Every time I hear <clears throat> my own intro music, I uh, I start to crack up more and more. Hello, everybody. I apologize for the cheesy music. Um, <laughs> today's show is called Shining Light on the Shadow, and uh, I think this is really important. I'm going to try and get serious in a second. But, um, you know, part of evolving as a human being, or part of, I guess, the teaching that I'm trying to promote is about bringing awareness to our lives. Uh, and anyone who's listened to this uh, at any length would maybe be sick of me now talking about awareness and all that kind of stuff. Uh, different people define that differently, and um, some people uh, might call it self-knowledge. Some people might call it awareness. Um, you know, we, we get lost in words. There's no doubt about that. But one of the big accomplishments in psychology has been identifying and naming what's been called the shadow. And uh, Jung really uh, did a lot of the sort of beginning work on this, and it's been an interesting evolution in psychology ever since. Basically, what we're going to talk about today is what is this sort of concept of a whole self? And we're not going to be right when we define that, but we're going to, uh, you know, try and describe what might be a way to consider what a whole healthy self or, <clears throat> excuse me, person might be. We're going to spend some time defining what I mean by shadow, not necessarily what's right or what the world may call shadow, but how I'm using the term. And then we're going to talk about where it comes from, what creates sort of shadow elements of our personality, and um, why it's hard to see uh, shadow elements of our personality, and how do we find it, and how do we, you know, basically become more whole, because what shadow ends up being is really a sort of split in, uh, in ourself. So that's what the talk is about today. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get started. So in one quick swoop, how could we possibly define what a whole self is? What I'm going to do in this talk is just basically say that maybe we could agree that it's fully identifying with all the ways that we can interact with the world. And a good breakdown of that is, um, again, starting with Jung, is sort of this, you know, four ways of interacting. And defining these gets odd with language, but again, we'll, we'll start with two that make a lot of sense for most people, and that's through our body and through our mind, right? We can think about the world and we can sort of feel the world in our body. The next one might be emotions and how emotions come up for us, and as a culture, we are not always all that versed in how emotion plays into uh, our existence. Thinking is, is one of the things that we really uh, in the Western world anyway, get quite caught up in. So emotions do tend up getting pushed into what I'm going to describe later as the shadow uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and then another way that we could sort of relate to things is maybe on a spiritual level or something like that. I'm a little leery to try and define that because that's that's a touchy topic for so many people on what spirituality really means uh, and all that. But essentially, um, we do have this sort of body, mind, emotion uh, kind of walking through the world experience. And as we get more adept at all of those, that that wholeness of experience could be uh, sort of in any way described spiritually. So what I'd like to do is just say that a whole self that's functioning properly and does well, we might, for this talk, 
make it be somebody that thinks well, is aware that it's thinking, is aware of its body when it's time to do that, and is fully uh, entrenched in its emotional uh, situation as well. And so we can call upon and understand and know about what we're thinking about, what we're experiencing, and uh, you know, on a physical level, and also this sort of emotional level of how things come up. What are sadness and anger and happiness, and how do they relate? And so all these are different languages that we can kind of walk through. The subjective experience of being, if anyone listened to my last talk, the sort of I-ness of this is really in the body and the emotion stuff. And thinking is how we start moving out into the objectified world. We start to make things into objects and sort of walk and, and, uh, and dance through those. Again, spirituality or a spiritual sort of influence here is important in, um, in the context of what's going on. But uh, I'm going to leave that alone for this talk just for uh, interest of time and basically keeping it simple. So if we're going to define a shadow element, we could say that in that whole self that's healthy and can deal with the world and understand things, the shadow might be parts of us that we've stuffed into a non-identification with self. Um, and so basically, a shadow element might be the belief that you don't get angry, or it might be the fact that you feel like you just walk around and are a thinking mind only, and that you're really not very connected with your body. Um, that might manifest itself in a sexual relationship in that um, while you're actually having sex, you're really just off in your mind. You're not actually in your body and, and touching, you know, uh, and feeling and all that stuff, but it's much more about fantasy. There's nothing necessarily wrong with fantasy, but not being able to do both the fantasy, which would be the thinking part, and the actual physical sensation of being uh, intimate with someone uh, might show a split or parts that could be moving into what I'm going to define as the shadow. So not having access to all these different experiences or ways to be self uh, is a way to start thinking about shadow. If we think about the literal definition of shadow, that's really where we've taken something and obstructed light, right? So if you think about shadow in the self, it would be something that is obstructing the light of your consciousness, something that is obstructing your full view of what's going on for you. And lastly, I'm going to read right from uh, Wikipedia. It says, in Jungian psychology, the shadow or shadow aspect is a part of the unconscious mind, which is mysterious and often disagreeable to the conscious mind, but which is also relatively close to the conscious mind. And then it goes on and has quite a longer definition than that. So shadow is really the parts that are ourself, but that we don't have consciousness of. And so they are parts of us that we're not identifying with and that we might even think aren't us. And that's when it gets into or has the potential to get into more pathological type behavior. But um, getting really angry and being like, I don't get angry, that's not a part of who I am, uh, ends up being the kind of expression of uh, shadow. So that's what shadow is. And where the heck does it come from? What we're talking about here is finding out what parts of us maybe have been damaged, because what creates shadow is a couple of things. Uh, it could be many things, but I'm going to discuss uh, only two of them, really. One would be any trauma that we deal with, and how that ends up happening is certainly interesting. The second way that we can do this is really sticking too hard to beliefs, and beliefs is something that I've talked about many times. Uh, so I'm going to describe 
both of those ways that we can sort of, um, one, how shadow can kind of come to being, but also how we sort of allow it to stay there. Ultimately, we all go through traumas, which could be massive, horrendous, you know, rape to uh, a trip to the dentist could be traumatic to some. We all have different levels of what's traumatic to us, et cetera, and so forth. And we have different damage from the trauma that we've been through. But what ends up happening to us when we go through trauma, uh, which is natural, trauma is not something we should try and get rid of necessarily, uh, but we should know how to grow from it uh, and heal from it. I think that's a more important use of understanding trauma. Of course, we should try and alleviate unnecessary trauma, but what I mean by that is that life is going to bring us trauma no matter what. You'll notice, uh, you know, Hurricane Katrina and tsunamis, etc. Uh, traumatic things do happen to us. So um, we're not going to ever get out of being bumped around. And so what we can do is build resilience and uh, strength. And not to not to dive too far off on a tangent, but trauma is really important because it is how we sort of grow wisdom and how we become resilient and how we grow as people. So we're not making trauma a villain here at all. But what we are doing is talking about what trauma does to us, which is when we're overwhelmed uh, by pain or fear or anything like that, a way of dealing with that and surviving is shutting down. Sometimes there's too much going on and we end up sort of splitting and when that happens in really severe cases, what can happen is we end up developing multiple personalities. Uh, when that happens on less <clears throat> severe cases, we end up potentially developing what I call, and lots of people call, persona. Uh, we end up with these different sort of identifications with self and whatnot. Um, there's other reasons for developing personas, and I don't want to just focus on that. But we tend to shut down, we freeze, and we maybe don't know how to deal with the trauma that's happened. And if we're not walked back on a path to how to deal with the trauma, we can end up with aspects of ourself that we don't identify with or end up in the shadow. So what that might look like is something I've talked about before is if we are overwhelmed and get, have so much anger because we've been attacked, we might not be able to handle or hold all that anger. And so we end up stuffing that away into a non-identification with who we are. And so we might then end up saying, I don't get angry at all because we can't identify with the anger that we've been overwhelmed with. And if we don't at some point sort of reintegrate that, we're going to live in this split way uh, for a long, long time. And what will happen is that can manifest itself through experiences in the world with seeing anger in other people when it's not really there, or even it can come at us in our dreams. And I've given these examples in other talks, so I apologize for repeating myself, but um, I think it's very important. So why this work is really difficult is because we don't see our own shadow. It's not in our consciousness. So these splits in our personality that we've sort of buried end up, you know, haunting is a strong word, but they can haunt us because we end up not identifying with parts of who we are and we end up not whole. And so how do we integrate that back? How do we bring back our whole self and how do we start to find emotions? And I would say that if you tend to think, oh, I never get sad, I'm a, I'm a really happy person, I never get sad, that you may have some sadness in the shadow. If you think you're a person who never gets angry, uh, you may have some anger in the shadow. If you tend to see things that you don't like about yourself in a lot of other people, 
if you tend to see, let's use anger again, in a lot of other people, you may have anger in the shadow because that's coming up for you and you end up not identifying with it and it ends up getting put onto a second or third person experience for you. So first person is your subjective I experience, second person is the you, uh, the other person in, in the experience, and third person are the things that you and another person might talk about. So in a relationship, if you're feeling uh, either a third person or a second person anger toward you, uh, it's very possible that that is actually your anger, just not integrated correctly. So what are the ways that we can come back and integrate some of this stuff? I've talked about perspective work in the past to find uh, compassion, and it's really similar work. Uh, the way that you can reintegrate some of this stuff is looking at the anger that you find in other people, as an example, from a uh, second person perspective and then from a first person perspective by actually doing some role playing. And a lot of psychology today actually does this work, and they don't do it uh, directly. I know that uh, the integral community is talking about this as, as a 3 two, one process, and I believe they sell um, information on how to do this more fully, and I'll, I'll definitely recommend their work, although I haven't uh, gotten it myself, but I do know uh, about it from talks I've been to and things like that. What I believe it is is what's going on in, in a lot of psychology is taking these different perspectives that you don't identify with and making them your own through role-playing. And so as you see anger in the world, if anger is what's in your shadow and what might be something you want to work with, you go from a third-person perspective and you bring it into second person, which is you start to have a dialogue. Uh, I suggest going to a room alone or working with somebody that you trust with this. Um, doing this in public may not serve you the best because you're going to be talking to imaginary things. But basically, if you imagine anger in someone, um, start to have a dialogue. Ask questions. What are you angry about? And then what you end up doing is you switch places with that anger and you answer from the angry place. So if you uh, have a coworker who you think is really mad at you, you would go home, get in your bedroom all by yourself and start to have a dialogue. Say, why, you know, Mary, are you always so mad at me? What's going on? And state your case. Talk about your side of it. I like you. I'm never angry with you. Why are you angry with me? And then make the effort to see the position from the other side and be merry for a second and say, well, I'm really mad at you because blah, 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 blah. And that dialogue may sound ridiculous while I'm talking about it now, but what it does is, first off, it fosters compassion for Mary's real situation if she's really angry with you. But if she's not, what it does is it will show you parts of yourself that you may be angry about. It'll show you uh, a little bit of clarity about what's going on. And so what you're doing is you're taking this experience that's external to you and you're seeing if it's actually a part of you. And almost magically through that kind of dialogue and that kind of work, um, and I guess you could really, it's, it's not as useful, but you can do it quietly in your head. You can just sort of jump between these perspectives in your own head and get similar value out of it. But this is a way to start integrating back some things that have been in the shadow. So far, we've really talked about integrating emotional uh, problems and uh, emotions that have fallen in the shadow. And that's really probably the most common uh, because uh, it is. Earlier, I talked about physical sensation being in the shadow, whereas we're really lost in the mind and we don't have any connection to body. That's probably the next most common because we're such a thinking society. 
And a way to bring back body, uh, maybe out of the shadow, is to do body work, to do massage, to you know get healthy, to work out, to do that kind of stuff. The key really is to bring any experience that is us back into the fold. And so coming from a first-person perspective from you know body, mind, uh, and emotion. If you wanted to get more in touch with your thinking mind, which is probably not a problem for most of us, again, we're quite versed in the thought process in the Western world anyway. Um, and the Western world is almost the whole world now uh, because most countries are relating this way. But um, that would be, if you want to flex those muscles, basically that's learning and thinking and trying to do uh, maybe some uh, reading and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we do a lot of reading and computing and all that already. I'm not going to focus on that too long. But essentially it's taking all these parts of ourself and maybe, you know, really working with what am I not identifying with? You know, do I know what anger is? Do I know what sadness is? Do I know what happiness is? Uh... Beyond that, do I know what my physical body feels like? Am I healthy? Do I treat myself well? Do I eat okay? Um, you know, am I doing any sort of physical activity, walking or biking or doing any of that stuff? And am I challenging my mind? Am I working on that stuff? Um, once we nail all that stuff, we can start to talk about spirituality and what, you know, how that relates. Uh, but again, as I said before, I'm going to leave that for other talks. But really, this is the integration of the disowned self. It is basically bringing back parts of you that you have uh, lost the ability to find or deal with. So in this talk, we've tried to define what a whole self might be. We've tried to define a shadow as a disowned part of yourself, not identifying with all that you are. We've talked about why it's so hard to see the shadow. And we've talked about perspective work to bring the shadow back in once we do see it. Again, ways we can see our shadow are by noticing things that frustrate us just in general, and we can decide to do shadow work. What about that frustrates me? And take the other perspective of it and try and integrate whatever that might be. It won't integrate if it's not supposed to. There's no such thing as integrating parts of you that aren't you. But this is the work of uh, growing, and this is the work of evolving as a as a human and as a self and so i really respect anybody that's trying to do that on any level so thank you so much for listening if you have any comments or concerns please feel free to comment back to my blog at uh, backtobreath.com or uh, you can email me at the website on the right there's an email me button so that is pretty much my talk for today i really appreciate it it was a long one today i apologize thank you so much for listening and uh here comes the ever wonderful outro music I have. <laughs> Be kind to yourself and everybody else. Have a great day. Bye-bye.